0: blind love radio i'm your host anna rosen enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity transformation and the divine hey everybody i have Lindsay mack today on blind love radio and i know you guys are gonna love it Um, she doesn't really need any introduction, I'd say she is the queen of tarot. She is my tarot teacher, my tarot inspiration, um, all around just badass witch, and you could find her on Instagram at wildsoulhealing, and definitely check out all of her courses, her tarot classes, Um, she does a huge course, Tarot for the Wild Soul, every year that I've done twice now, and I love it, um, so we just get into Tarot, she took a trip to Italy, and I hope you guys enjoy all of this, um, it was so fun to chat with her, it was an honor to have her on, and I'm gonna get right into it, alright, see ya on the other side. Okay, so this is Blind Love Radio, and I have Lindsay Mack
1: here. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So I know you just went to Italy. I did, yeah. And I want to hear all about that. I'm Italian, also.
1: <gasps> Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. and
0: so I totally resonate with you talking about it being like your ancestors' homeland and. I just want to hear what it's like to, like, go there and what the experience was and maybe how it influenced your tarot practice.
1: Um, wow. I mean, so I, um, I, that was my first time ever leaving America. So I've never uh, left America. My mother never left America. My father never left America. So it was a very big very big threshold very big ancestral reclamation um and what a privilege to know where my ancestors hail from you know and to have the finances to do it um my trip to italy was um legitimately life-changing in a way that i could never have predicted uh, I knew that it would be great. I didn't know that it would be as impactful as it was. Uh, I've talked about my trip to Italy now twice, and I've gotten very emotional. So if there are some tears, that's fine. Just, uh, But it has been a very long road to travel there. Um, I don't come from any money, and so to have gotten to the place where I could even take a trip to Italy was, is a very big deal for me, my little family, my husband and I. Um, And to be able to like walk the streets that are so ancient, see things that are so ancient, it really left me in a perpetual sense of awe. Um, Even though playing cards have a root system that is almost so ancient and embedded it's difficult to track playing cards we have seen evidence of playing cards in egypt um, in all over the world and most notably and in fact the earliest record that we have of playing record playing cards actually comes from china but in terms of tarot italy is really the birthplace and in fact the first known tarot deck was discovered under a well in milan and you can feel it out there that there's a lot of power a lot of energy you can feel the influence of you know i saw it went to a billion museums and saw the the painting that inspired the smith rider waite temperance card and saw uh really was hit by the impact and the uh, the the energy of um just the influence of the pope and how important it is to reclaim hero font as being the font of wisdom within ourselves rather than this authority figure. And just like, um, yeah, I mean, it was incredible. My, my family, my ancestry comes from Sicily and from Lake Garda up North. So I don't have any ancestry where I was, which is Rome and, um, Florence. And I went to Pisa for the day. Um, but it was still, like, unbelievable. And, um, it, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if I could put... I mean, I've done plenty of talking in the last few minutes, but <laughs> it's hard It's hard to kind of describe the experience. Like, it was really, like... Um, yeah, I mean, it was really, like, kind of unbelievable to be in a place that was so old that um i knew that my my family bloodline came from that um i also experienced something that although i am very um privileged to have a space to live in you know turtle island in america where like i'm most definitely a descendant of like colonizers and settlers of this land I do feel very blessed to kind of have the land accept me here, but I will say that there was a different experience of being back someplace that my blood came from, um, that because I've never left America before, I don't really have a sense of the difference until I went out there and I just thought, well, I, I know this land, this land knows me. Um, and that was something that was pretty unforgettable. Um, and so funny, I did zero tarot practice out there. Nothing. (laughs) I just like, I just lived and, uh, that's often how I am. Like, I, I just kind of live and got a lot of ideas and a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, you know, downloads, ideas, whatever. But, um, I felt very close to my guides out there and, it, it was just a very, yeah, it was very powerful. Very, very powerful. Thanks for asking about it.
0: Wow, that is all so amazing. So I am also, I have a very similar background to you. My mom's side of the family is from northern Italy, and then my oh, dad's wow. side is from Sicily.
1: Nice, that's exactly the same Yeah, thing
0: so <laughs> I, like, I dream of going to Italy one day. Um, I've never been there, but I have, like, so many travel fears, too, that I, like, No, like, I know I'll get over it one day, so I'll work towards it, but it's just so inspiring to see you go and make that connection, and I feel like even when we're not, like, pulling cards, we're still living our tarot practice.
1: 100%
0: like that you know all of those energies are still there like you're you're embodying them like Mm -hmm. embodying this new um like this new reincarnation of the hierophant energy of being able to like share this message that's like so deep in your dna and to Mm -hmm. like really connect with it is so cool
1: thank you so much and you know i want to if i can really affirm and, like, just call in what you just said. And, like, I want to really say, too, that, like, me going to Italy also was, like, the biggest deal because I have been so afraid um, of travel forever. It's been a really strong fear in me for some reason forever, and I had to work. I mean, I'm 35 years old, and basically that was the culmination of, like, 30 years of work. (laughs) To, like, (laughs) be able to get... On a plane and, like, I also had my husband and one of my dearest friends with me who have both traveled and I, I've never done anything like that before. Like, I've usually just gone places on my own or, you know, for the first time with someone else and it was very helpful to be able to have people with me who had kind of done that before. Um, but I totally feel you and just wanted to honor solidarity on that one. It's, it's scary. Yeah.
0: You know? It is, but it's so, it's like that total strength card where you, like, faced Uh it, and it was like, it totally transformed you through that threshold. That's right. Um, that's so cool. So, I have a little story about the, so you were talking about the Visconti deck, right? Yes, I am. Um, so I heard you mention that little tidbit on maybe one of, like, the Diving Deepers or something, um, Uh and... Uh, so my husband got me that deck from a little printer in Italy um, for my birthday this year. Nice. Yeah. And so he was like kind of weirded out that I was doing all this tarot when I got like really <laughs> into it. So for like him to give me that gift was like an act of like I see you and like I want to support you even though I it doesn't necessarily make sense to me but like i see yeah. how much it means to you and around that time i was having all of these dreams of being stuck in a well <gasps> what yes dude okay and i read and i um i wrote this poem and i want to read it to you if that's okay i
1: would love nothing more
0: <laughs> okay so sweet one down below in the bottom of the well take this blessing and wrap it around you step into it and watch wings take shape of water let it lift you as spirit might the waters rise and you float carried by the current you once feared so that was so i wrote that when God, i <laughs> that <is> so beautiful <laughs> thank you thank you for listening Um, and I wrote that like when I was having those dreams and like just hearing that that deck was found in a well, I don't know, like it seems kind of like out there, but there's like some sort of connection that I feel to tarot and I feel it in my ancestry, um, like my mom's grandmother. So... My great-grandmother was a healer in Italy, and she came here, um, and everybody, I feel like I'm really the first one in our line to really honor her and her gifts. Everybody else kind of dismissed it and didn't really talk about it, and they really wanted to assimilate to America and everything um, that was kind of left behind and I feel like she was almost left behind it felt like and I feel like now I'm able to like bring light to this like ancestral wound um which is really beautiful um and so it's kind of it feels like I have a really big connection with my ancestors through like the moon archetype and the death scorpio archetype so like And, like, Pisces, I guess, would be the moon, right? But just, like, this deep water, um, like, transformation, like, what's dying is being reborn. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but, like, I have so many feelings about all of this. Um,
1: I so know what you mean, and, like, I I feel like if I can say, like, what you just shared about your family and about honoring your grandma is so, so beautiful, and, and moves me enormously, and I, I think there are so many of us from all walks of life, all cultures, who have experienced this, where, you know, I, I, too, like, I'm descended from people, I'm just, you know, I'm a third generation person, my, both of, you know, my, some of my grandparents were born overseas, and my, all of my great grandparents were born overseas. Um, but I really resonate. I think that's a big thing with our generation is, and and not even limiting it to generation, but I think these times are really about stretching back into the family line and reclaiming the, you know, what the, not even the wildness, but just the innate connectivity to the magic that lives in us and in our connection to land that's very hard to hold when we have when we want to assimilate when it it's like life or death for many people to Mm -hmm. assimilate and to like drop all that shit and then you know what a gift to be able for some of us to do that work in reclaiming I feel like um different from you because it's so beautiful that you are not the first open healer in your family um or at least healer in your family Uh, I really resonate with that myself like there's been a huge there's been huge work for me in this last year about realizing um the root systems in my family around just that
0: that's beautiful and I've been thinking a lot about like the hermit card and I know that's your life card
1: (laughs) It is
0: yes (laughs) um and thinking about like the hermit going on a journey in order to like find out kind of like everything he wanted to know was already within him Mm -hmm. and this idea of like we have all of like that just resonated with me like that we have everything inside of us like we already know like, I was doing, like, a little ritual last night, like, starting, like, thinking about the Scorpio full moon, and it was just so amazing to me that, like, it came so naturally. And, like, you know, it's, like, we always look outward for, like, oh, we need, like, ideas to do this or this, and it's, like, when we just let ourselves, like, do what we know best, and, like, it, it'll it just, like, flow. Yeah. I love that. So beautiful. So I was also I looked at um, I heard you when you said about doing a life reading with Erin Aquarian.
1: Yes.
0: And I love that. I loved that idea. I want to like shout out major props to her for like even thinking of that.
1: I know
0: she's a genius. Oh genius. my god! And so I wrote out like all of my, um, all of my birthdays from the time I was born, and kind of looked at like each of my life cards, and was looking at like what cycles I've been going through, mm-hmm. um, and I found that I'm in line to the most in my life, mm-hmm. and. Like, it just got me thinking about, like, cycles and, like, what we're here to master and how these energies are playing out, like, whether we've realized them or not. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, when we go through, I noticed, like, I would go through a year and then a few years later I would, like, go through the same card and, like, the same energy would play out but on a different level the next time um and so I guess a question to you is have you ever like thought you knew an energy and then you go through it again and it just transforms it into this whole different level and maybe like ideas about like cycles um like meeting the same thing um I don't know there's a very open-ended
1: um, follow-up question that's that's beautiful just so I understand are you talking specifically about the energy if I knew the energy of a card or if I kind of knew thought I knew the energy of a card or thought I knew the energy of like a situation in life
0: um I think more about the I was asking about the cards energy, but I think it definitely would tie into situations in life, right?
1: Well. Maybe? I don't know. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. God, let me see. I mean... It's such a good question. I'm just really giving it some, some
0: I feel thought. like it's a big question.
1: Well, <laughs> we can come I mean, back the, to it, too. The, the, you no, know, the bigness of it is really, it's lovely. I think that I am always learning different things about the cards. Always, which I, it, I know sounds maybe a bit like a cliche, but it really, it is really my truth that it really is that I am changing all the time. Like, for example, you were just a part of my tarot course and uh, present for that. And um, I had a meeting with iris uh just yesterday uh as kind of a postmortem because the course is over sadly and i have an entirely new lesson on the wands to teach next year and it's because people reflected some things to me not even thinking that they were doing anything directly But I'm always paying attention. And the reason that my view on the cards are always changing is because I am very, very present for life and often thrown into situations where – because I don't really really understand how to separate tarot from – by the way, I am heading to a point to answer your question, but I don't know how to separate tarot from life. I feel like a lot of people that I teach and that I know – I'm almost a little envious of them because they can kind of like live and then they can go to the tarot and then they can separate or um, it's not as intimate and that's probably because they're not being asked to to teach it to people. But um, my concepts are always changing because I'm always growing and because I'm always moving through all manner of things, whether it be very uncomfortable or very, very comfortable in learning how to kind of perceive beauty. And there were a lot of moments like that in Italy where I was just like, wow, this is a how good can you stand that situation for me, which is really different, you know? Um, and I think that um, I don't know if I have anything like super profound to say about cycles other than I do think that there is something really powerful in using the tarot as this kind of gatekeeper, this compass for clarity around how we can grow to understand. Um, like for some reason, the, the Empress keeps coming to mind maybe because we're in an Empress year, but I, um, I've had such powerful, I've done really powerful work with Empress this year because my life is really good. Like I'm, I'm learning to enjoy life. I'm learning to say no to stress. I am i have developed, I'm seeing growth. Like I've developed ways that I give away things to other folks who want to help me rather than doing it myself. Um, I'm actively not engaging in things that used to kind of pull me into contraction because it felt safer to do. And so Empress is kind of responding to me and going, okay, great. We're not at survival level anymore. Let's take you up to thrive. And now that's a whole nother situation. So, um, whereas a couple of years ago, I could, I barely had my door open at Empress at all. And she knew that, like they knew that. Um, so they were kind of like, okay, great. Well, we'll, we'll come back with more flowers when you're ready, (laughs) you know? And Uh I think like, uh, I don't know. Like I think that it's all a spiral and we grow if we're really aware that the card is cards are with us, which they always are because they're just a reflection of what we're going through anyway, which you know um, it's just this dance where we get to see our growth within these cycles mirrored. And it's nice because sometimes I think people associate cycles with repetition, Repetition, whereas I think there's something to be said for the idea of cycling through and growing every time we return to kind of the parallel place that we started from. So, because I am truly always expanding, and I don't mean that to be like, I'm always, (laughs) but like, I really am. Like, I'm always, I'm always changing, I'm always expanding, I'm never the same like my my work is always changing i am always changing as a person as a woman just how i identify and my 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 relationships with the cards can't help but evolve because the more i grow the more my understanding of these energies grow and by the way there are some cards that like because i mean I don't have any ego about this. Like I'm a person and that's important to state. (laughs) Um, It's like I've waved hello and shook hands with some cards and that's, that's all like, I've never really had tea with some cards. I've never really been intimate with some cards and I have the sense that they'll greet me later when I'm older or maybe in another lifetime, we'll get a little closer I think that's another really powerful thing about cycles, too, is that not everybody spends the same amount of time in certain cards versus other ones, you know?
0: I love all that. And I love when you said, like, instead of the idea of, like, repetition, when we meet something again, we're growing through it in a different way. Um, And that kind of makes me think about, like, what do you think about, like, making peace with past cycles? Like maybe like forgiving yourself for something you didn't handle and maybe you like handled it in like a lower vibration where now you're being met in a higher vibration, but it like makes you really reflect on um, I guess the past cycles and letting it go so we can really be present with what's here and allow ourselves to grow instead of being like caught in that shame and... You know, all that human stuff.
1: Yeah, like how to do it? Or has there ever been a time in my life when that's happened? Um, I think, like,
0: any insights you have about it in general.
1: God. I mean, I do have things to say about that because, you know, some people who are maybe a little familiar with me in my story, might know that I um, have survived abuse um, with a parent. <clears throat> and the parent in question, um, not even her, but the invitation and the poison of shame in my caretakers was the worst abuse that happened to me, without question. I was shamed for many things beyond comprehension, things that I don't think a lot of people would survive. And it was pretty consistent, and it was not just limited to one caretaker. It was multiple caretakers that did that. And what I learned through, because when I was growing up, I didn't even know that that was, I embodied shame, I was terrified of being shamed, I couldn't let anyone see me, had very bizarre social interactions because I didn't know how to be with people through most of my growing up. And consequently, as you might imagine, when I I responded in my, teens, and 20s by doing shit that was stupid or damaging or hurtful, whether to myself or others, especially as an abuse survivor who cycled through my own experience with um, enacting violence and repeating some patterns before I woke up and started to disengage from those and shift them and change them. Um, I went about – like what you're talking about, it was actually – the real rock bottom and the start to my doing this work was uh, causing harm and waking up to realize that I was repeating patterns and uh, not like um, forgiving myself and learning compassion um, for that has been one of my greatest Accomplishments, And it took years, forever, like literally, definitely over a decade of work with all kinds of different people, <laughs> with like mm-hmm. professionals. And it, it really is like at the deepest root system because I wasn't taught that mistakes were safe. There was no such thing, mistakes, and even things that were not mistakes, things that were just human things to do were really projected onto me and um, I don't think even though I have experienced a lot of abuse in that area, I don't actually feel that I'm all that unique. I think that in general, we really don't hold a space for forgiveness of ourselves. We tend to drag it out. It also has to do with brain chemistry. If the brain goes, whoa, there's really strong chemistry in this area, it's going to use the guilt. Like it's, it doesn't even matter what it is. If, If it's, addiction, it doesn't matter. It'll just use that. So I feel like the first piece of advice that I would give to people is to kind of remember that it's a chemical addiction too, which, um, doesn't make it better, but I think that because forgiveness of self is also a spiral path where we feel into our forgiveness and then we don't, and then we do, and then we don't, at least that's been my experience. And in those that I've, held space for myself, um, remembering, like, it is not your fault for not, for, for being on a spiral path with that, uh, that's not strange, and I think a lot of people don't realize that, so I want to start with that, and number two, um, what I also think people don't realize is that it is very difficult to hold space for people who have also... Um, reacted out of hurt, anger, fear, pain, whatever. Uh, if they haven't been through it themselves, so I feel like I am what I am today because I chose to survive that. Like I, I have a lot of kindness, a lot of patience, a lot of compassion for people. I can hold space for people who have done uh, things that are really hard and really have caused great harm and I can hold it because I know what it is to experience those things and to do those things out of being identified with being a victim or not realizing that, you know, whatever. Um, And I've held space for people who have uh, done completely different things than I have that have been far more severe, far less. And, um, the more you can hold the space for, I think eventually you do get to a point where you can be honest, where you can say uh, I have been harmed and I have also caused harm and everyone I think can identify with that. This is a universal experience because we're multifaceted and um, being able to hold a space of human imperfection, of being, you know, honest to the extent that we feel is appropriate for us—not um, necessarily publicly talking about everything, but just really holding a space that we know what it is to respond in ways that, like, even if, like, I—I've I, had situations happen as a teacher where, like. Um, because I felt, like, years ago, because I felt insecure something like I was a little sharper with a student or was more passive-aggressive, which is really, honestly, not kind of who, you know, how I respond normally, and I've only had a couple of experiences like that, but um, that have taught me everything about how to get right with that shit, (laughs) basically not do it again, and the best I can do is, like, Name it, claim it, apologize, get better. And I, I also think, like, I think lastly, the kind of final answer to this question, it, it is a slow and gradual reclamation of compassion and making amends. Like, my whole life is sort of in devotion to making amends for harm, you know? And for, wasn't that intense for me, I didn't like create havoc or anything, but I'm a sensitive person and even small harm uh, that happened during my 20s, like, you know, using my hands in anger, like, which I had a huge problem with until you know I was like 27 and really started to get help for it because I was abused in that way and didn't kind of understand that I was perpetuating it until I woke up to it. A lot of the time we don't know that we're causing harm when we caused harm. So that's the other thing too. It's like we really are naming that we could do better now, what we did not know better then can help us to cultivate compassion. And we can also cultivate a desire to make amends with the way that we live our life. And, um, I don't know, it's a really fucking intense journey to forgive ourselves. And I don't know that I've necessarily like mastered that journey, but what I can say is I don't think there's anyone exempt from it, but I do think some of us go a little deeper, especially if we have been sort of led to believe that we are, out of the bounds of forgiveness which nobody is because really all that we're looking for is forgiveness of self um and I also think it depends because I've caused harm to myself and that's as much of a journey as causing harm to other people so it's really intense (laughs) but like you know the more we go through it and the more we because I don't know I often think like my parent who none of my caretakers apologized to me they, they still haven't to this day harm would be enacted and there would be no apology um and I know some people have had different experiences with their parents were they always say sorry and then they go back on their sorry and I have found that it's very transformative when you know if I um behave in a way or choose an action that Makes my body feel like she hasn't been heard. That it goes a really long way to sit down and uh, make amends with my body and just say, you know, I hear you. You are not happy with me. I didn't listen. I didn't ask you. I forgot. I, you know, truly, like you know, and I'm gonna do better next time. I'm gonna try my best to do better. And the more we do that, I find the more there is an opening for compassion because we're not supposed to be perfect we're just doing the best we can you know but the more we do that and can kind of walk through the fire of forgiveness forgiveness of self doesn't mean that we let ourselves off the hook necessarily but it does mean that we can stop getting thrashed around by the brain around like we're shitty people who are unworthy of forgiveness because it's not true you know
0: wow thank you so much for sharing all of that
1: sure Sorry, Um, it was lengthy,
0: but... No, it was very wise. Um, I'm so sorry all of that happened to you. That's right. And um, I love that as we're able to forgive ourselves, it, like, opens... It's almost like this rubber band that opens up where we can hold that space for other people to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's almost like the healing, just, like, if we spark it, even though... It, like, doesn't change the circumstance. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like we're still able to at least raise the vibration of all of it.
1: 100%. Um,
0: And it makes me think about, like, the devil. And, Mm -hmm. like, as we're able to reject that invitation, we can really be in the lover's energy then. Mm -hmm. And just seeing what we really are. Yeah. Um, which I think is really beautiful.
1: That's so beautiful. Love it. And agreed.
0: Ah. So we're coming up on the Scorpio full moon. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on it? Like how's it playing out? Um
1: Um to be honest with you, I just started my moon today and I feel a little bit in in the fuzz. Um, so I don't know that I have sharp clarity about what's happening. <clears throat> I'm also very jet lagged. <laughs> so that's yes. definitely a part of it. Um, I, you know, I really, though, think I would be remiss if I didn't comment on the fact that with everything um happening right now in terms of all of the incredibly restrictive laws that are being enacted or written or bans on abortion i do think uh right now in several states i do think that um anytime we have a scorpio uh transit whether it be jupiter retrograde venus retrograde um or we're moving through, you know, both of them in Scorpio, anytime we've kind of moved through a transit that has been very amplified and has been in Scorpio, there tends to be this enormous lifting of a rock. So we can kind of look on the other side of it. Of course, we knew that this was happening. So I just, like the one thing that I keep coming back to just with myself and and holding a space for, collective pain and the collective experience is just like for me to remember that full moons are always a chance to harvest and a lot of the time with the harvest you don't keep everything that you pick a lot of it goes onto a compost pile some harvests are not good some are rotten it's part of a review and it's important to look at what works what doesn't work what is acceptable to us what is not acceptable to us and what um, energetically, from the depths of us, we are ready to clear and to assimilate. And I think that there's just a lot of energy moving around. Who are we available to have anybody in control of these bodies? What is our relationship to that? Um, I've been doing a lot of work myself on, like, and this is a little out there, so just know that everybody listening. <laughs> but um, in respect to your question and this full moon in Scorpio, and who has access to our bodies, I recently like stopped wearing a bra, and my boobs are not small. So by all accounts, like uh, societally, it's not it's it's not the most acceptable thing to have a woman with really big boobs walking around with no bra on and um, I couldn't do it anymore. I just, my shoulder, neck and back pain is it, just cause of chronic illness and autoimmune. I just, it was, and my body was just telling me no. it didn't want to be in a bra anymore. So I was like, okay, we won't be done. But since I stopped, it made me think about when did anyone ever get my consent to put me in a bra in the first place? And the more I explored that in therapy, the more I started to realize that my breasts have never felt like they belonged to me. They felt like they belonged to my mom, to my grandma, even to my grandfather because he was a doctor and like he never did anything inappropriate. But like, if there was always some kind of expectation for me to be a certain way that I never wanted to be, then I felt like. My breasts became something that belonged to people who were with me intimately and sexually. And they've just kind of never felt like mine to do what I wanted to do with. And even in that microcosmic scale, there's been a part of my body that hasn't ever really felt like mine that I'm calling back home to me. So I do feel like the full moon in Scorpio is a really powerful time to kind of look at What parts of the body are floating outside of us in someone else's box? And how can we open that box and take them back and literally put them back in us? Um, And for some of us, like, that's not the work that we'll do at this moon. And for some of us, like, sleeping is appropriate on this moon and taking a break. But um, because you asked, like, that's sort of what's been coming up for me.
0: I love that. Fuck bras, man. Bras, <laughs> yes. man. yes. Fucking torture device. I hate up. bras. Ah, oh, yes. oh, yeah. Just let me be free. I'm with you. Me. Let totally. Me be. Yeah. I think yeah. that's like so beautiful. With like, it, I've been thinking a lot about like Scorpio and Taurus and that polarity of like, all this emotional attachment that we have to things that it's like where did we get this from and is it ready to be released and how can I actually like ground it through my body to like see a change for the better to kind of like be kind of like gravitate towards like the center of the wheel um and it's just had me thinking a lot about like caretaking my body just like those queen of pentacle vibes like how can I, like, what is really nurturing me? Not what people tell me is nurturing, yes. but actually what does my body need?
1: Yes. Reclamation of the very concept of self-care is something that is so huge, especially in spirituality where, like, I don't mean to, you know, be in any way disrespectful to anyone's path. I don't want anyone to feel like I'm this is a call-in, but I really think, like, and I've been guilty of it myself in an attempt to help and support other people, but like growth is growth. And once you get it, it's like self-care does not look the same for everyone. And we're told constantly what feels good, what looks good, what even is relaxing. Some people may be really triggered by lavender. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. not relaxing to everybody, you know, like trying to figure out like what does my body need this this vessel on the earth, it is so fucking powerful, and so many of us don't know, you know?
0: And being open to, like, how it changes, and I think a lot about, like, temperance, and looking back when I did, um, this whole, like, life cycle for my life, in the two temperance years that I had, um, the first temperance year was after I went through, so much, um, so much medication trying to control, um, depression and anxiety and none of it had worked. I had been cycling, um, in and out of hospitals and doctors and it had taken over my life in the worst way. Um, all of the medicine was like, I was having like seizures and, I was totally an unhealthy weight where I just felt like bogged down by my body. And and I decided to get off all of it. The doctor was like, don't do it. You're going to like kill yourself. It's going to be terrible. And I was like, I know that I need to get off all of this. And I got off all of it and really smoking cannabis was really what helped which was so beautiful. What a transformation. And that was kind of like learning to listen to my body. But then by the end of like a cycle, like so many years, my body changes. And smoking cannabis isn't enough anymore. And I did, I realized I needed to try something else. And I realized that I had become so dogmatic in the same way that Um, they were doing the same thing to me. You know, it's like you become what you um, originally despised almost, Um, where I was so against medicine, and I thought everybody could do it without medicine. And um, this was a healthier way to not uh, take medicine. And, like, the strength of the dogma created this, like – resistance where I was just getting unhealthier and unhealthier and unhealthier and I was hiding under this umbrella of like shoulds and this is the way it should be for me and everybody and then once I really like stripped down my ego in that death card and was like you know I can't do this on my own this actually I wasn't right I was wrong. And just because it was truth for me once doesn't mean it's always going to be truth. Um, and so this past year, uh, last year was another temperance year. And I got on like a small amount of medication. And it's absolutely changed my life. And I'm so happy for you. Thank you. And it's like the, you know, something, this industry that has these. like two sides where um it's everything is just how you approach it and your intention right so like there is no it's made me learn there is no right and wrong like it's just like what do we need in this moment and like letting go of what society tells you you need and stop telling society what they need too right Mm -hmm. like everybody's on their path everyone ends like exactly where they should be um Mm. I don't know those were just some thoughts (laughs)
1: oh my god bowing so deeply to what you just shared in every way to you and your gifts and your wisdom and to that story and also a i'm so happy so happy that you're feeling better and b what a gift to be able to consistently i mean this sounds maybe like you know well of course but like a lot of people like you know are believe that you know, if you're spiritual, you shouldn't be taking medication. And that's not true. (laughs) Like, you know, medication is saving lives every day. And I think the more we can be really clear about the gifts of psychiatry and of antidepressants, the better it will be. It cannot all be uh, vitamin D for some of us. It cannot. So I think, like, what a gift to be able to state your story to normalize like it's so important because it's it's medicine just the same as any other medicine that we talk about like wild medicine it is the same essence you know mm-hmm. and, um yeah just bowing in all directions oh thank you thank you for, you, Lindsay, thank thank you for listening
0: So okay, so a more fun question. What what was the best thing you ate in Italy?
1: I went to a million gelato places. Ooh yum. But there was one gelato place, I don't remember the name of it, fortunately. It was in Rome. Um, it is very old, apparently very famous, and I had a cup that was like a mix of a Bavarian cream gelato and a chocolate hazelnut gelato, and there was fresh coffee whipped cream on the top of it.
0: Omg, coffee and I whipped cream. Feel like-
1: I've never had anything that good. And you know what's so funny is that the my friend who I was with, my husband, were both like met on it, and it was for sure the best thing I ate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so good.
1: It was, it was incredible. That sounds
0: very empress.
1: Also, there's a tie. So, when we were in Florence, there was a place down the street from our apartment, I'm celiac, uh, that was completely gluten free. That was made by this like Italian grandma type. And one of my favorite things, one of my my deepest joys of life, absolutely up there in the top 20 of life, are cream puffs. I love them. I miss them almost every day that I, I can't eat them anymore because I am allergic to gluten. And they had gluten-free free cream puffs and I straight up ate 10 a day. And it was incredible. That sounds like, I, amazing. It lit me up. It it was deep soul medicine <laughs> to eat those cream puffs. So the cream puffs are very close to the gelato with the coffee whipped cream.
0: So I have a funny story for you. So sure. I just started working at a gluten free bakery maybe like a few months ago.
1: Oh my
0: God, amazing. Amazing. And so I have this really funny okay, so it was four twenty. It was the first day of tourist season. And I went to my local dispensary and they were having like all of these kind of like not gimmicky, but like a lot of things to get people excited. And they had this guy who was doing eyeball readings. Have you ever heard of this? I think I might have. <laughs> so he had like just gotten in and I like went over to him and I was like, okay, I'll get my eyeball read. Like whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah why not
0: right and he like so he zooms in and he takes a picture of my eyeballs really up close and then he has this chart of like your body and like what if there's like little marks in the eye then it's like depending on where they are it shows what you're predisposed to and um it was really incredible so he was like you have so much inflammation in your intestines and you're not absorbing your nutrients have you ever thought of going gluten-free and I was like what I was like I just started working at a gluten-free bakery and I I was like I feel like God is telling me to go gluten-free so I've done it for like the past I don't know, it's been maybe like almost a month now. Um, and I feel like I feel like my anxiety has gone down. Um, I just feel like less inflamed. I feel like it's like this caretaking of my body. And it's funny because my husband was like on the sidelines, like talking with my friend, and he's like, I've been telling her. To like pay attention to her gut health for years now, but like it's she won't listen like to me. <laughs> <reader now. laughs> no yeah, but I guess the information has to come to you in a way that you're able to hear it. One
1: hundred percent. I mean, um, you know think as tarot readers. Totally. Like sometimes, yeah, it's
0: like. But oh, yeah, oh, God, that, that, was that's just remind me. that was
1: a great
0: So yeah. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know that you're jet lagged and I'm sure yeah. you'd like to rest.
1: I'm, I'm into it but I totally understand if the interview is complete but I'm having a great time so um do you, it's do, great.
0: do you have any like other stories that you want to share that might be fun?
1: Um, I don't know if I can think of anything off my off the top, but if you have questions, I'm happy to answer. And if not, that's okay, too.
0: I feel good where this is at. Great.
1: I'm, I'm into it.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Of course. It was such an honor. Thank you, Anna.
0: Have a great rest of your day, Lindsay.
1: Thank you, darling. Take care.
0: You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Lindsay. If you like this podcast, if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing it on whatever you listen to, that would be really helpful. Um, Also, if you are interested in my new deck, Kitchen Witch, you can see that on my Instagram and purchase it through the link in my bio there at Blind Love Tarot. And I hope you guys have a amazing full moon with Scorpio and Taurus. And I hope you are able to transform whatever needs transforming in your life. Um, I am so grateful that you listened. I'm sure you loved this episode with Lindsay. Definitely check her out if you don't already know her. Um, Wild Soul Healing. And that's it. Have a great day. Love ya.